right, welcome back, everybody. This is the Blue Brothers Sportscast. I am Caleb, and with me, as always, is Brandon. How's it going, man? Hey, what's up? Uh, not too much. I do want to take a quick moment before we get into our did you know and start off the episode and make sure that we share the ever-important announcement because this is such a big part of your interest, Brandon. Uh-oh. For those of you that don't know, the uh i don't even know what you want to say the ban on talking about the avengers endgame movie lifts tomorrow so if you haven't seen it you're <laughs> it might be ruined for you who who figures out this timetable uh well uh, apparently for this one which i never i never really knew that it was such a big deal um until now but i guess social media is bigger than it ever was and as the amount of people that actually care about that movie is larger than most followings, but the producers talked about it. So they requested like a two week or so time frame that people don't talk about the movie. Interesting. But that I kind of reminds want... me of, um, of, uh, psycho. How, um, if the movie started, uh, Alfred Hitchcock made sure that theaters wouldn't let anybody in late because he didn't want them to like miss the beginning of the film oh yeah that's interesting no that's that, i mean that actually makes sense and that well that's kind of like what they do with plays you know once the play starts they lock the uh, essentially kind of like lock the door you can't get in late for some of them mm-hmm. so that's interesting i never thought about that from a movie aspect but for those of you who um might want to know i asked brandon but he shot me down when i said we could talk for 60 minutes about the Avengers Endgame spoilers. And he was just like, no. Yeah, no, thanks. No, just kidding. Have we were... you even seen it? Yeah, no, I saw it Thursday. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if you saw it or not. Yeah, no, it's it's a big running joke. My wife is more into it than I am. Brandon and I have talked about it plenty, but yeah, I... I uh, well, actually, there's enough that happens in it where I have questions still that I could probably talk for 60 minutes, but yeah, we're not... No spoilers here, and Brandon doesn't want to, you know, <laughs> blow out his eardrums. Yeah. <laughs> but to keep with the actual content that we will share with you guys, we always do bring to you the Did You Know? We're here to make you smarter and for your health. So, Brandon, what do you have for us this week? Yeah, kind of a kind of a funny one this week. Uh, but did you know that Nintendo trademarked the phrase "It's on like Donkey Kong" in 2010? Wow, really? 2010? I feel that's kind of late. Yeah, <laughs> and like you know, no one from Nintendo like created that saying. I think, just think it's funny they went ahead oh. and trademarked it. Oh yeah, well, I I kind of wonder. Um, how many trademark phrases were actually created by the people who trademark uh, marked them? You know, right. so well, kind of to piggyback off of what you said, just because I know that we might not talk about it too often. But speaking of Nintendo, um, I do I do some games with some people that I know, and I I do video game trivia with them. But an an interesting one 
that I want to share about Nintendo because you brought it up is do you have any idea when Nintendo was founded? Like any like ballpark? Oh, it was a, they used to make trading cards and stuff. So wasn't it like the 1930s? Oh, wow. You're, you're really good. Yes, it was trading cards, but it was, at, um, it was actually even before that because it was 1889. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I knew, I knew they'd been around a long time and they, um, they did like board games and trading cards and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that always, uh, for people who don't know a lot or aren't very familiar with that situation, usually that kind of surprises them. So. Here's another um, interesting factoid since we're talking about Nintendo. Did you know that the Nintendo Corporation owns the Seattle Mariners? No, I did not know that. That's weird. Yeah, that like blew my mind. I didn't find that out until I think like two years ago. Huh. Well, that makes me wonder. Hold on. <laughs> you gotta look it up. Yeah. Okay, well, it kind of uh, their Nintendo America headquarters is in uh, Washington, so mm-hmm. I mean, I guess. Yeah, that... I'm not sure if they're like sole owners, but I know that for sure they're partial owners. Hmm. So interesting. That's kind of cool. Yeah, there you go. We're throwing a bunch of knowledge at you guys today. So one thing after another. I don't have a whole lot more past that. That's that's the biggest wow factor one that I kind of bring up to people is when it was founded. So <laughs> learn something new every day. Oh yeah. And uh, along the same topic of learning something new that will bring us to <laughs> Brandon's scary stat of the week. We're going to throw it right back at you, man. What you got? All right. Uh, yeah, actually staying in the same vein of baseball, um, I found a cool stat here that uh, Cy Young, uh, the pitcher that the the award was named after, um, his 511 wins is probably one of the biggest achievements in the history of sports. Like being able to remain durable and achieve the feat is an all time like great achievement. Like nobody's ever going to come close to it. But uh, to put it into perspective, so Clayton Kershaw, uh, pitcher for the Dodgers, um, also he grew up a friend of Matthew Stafford, ironically. Yay, Stafford. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so for him to um, to match that record, he'd have to stay at his current pace for the next 41 years. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wait, did you say when Cy Young was playing? Like, what era? Oh, it was, man, it was early on. Um, like, right around when the league first started. Okay. Because, yeah, I'm not very familiar with... Uh... He, he played 22 seasons. Um, he started in 1890. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Man, it's like ba- baseball? Why are we talking about baseball? <laughs> you keep talking about baseball. I think baseball has the most interesting stats because there's so many statistical categories and baseball has been played for so many years. Is there a stat for how many beers a baseball player has drank during a game? Um, No, but I heard one time that Wade Boggs just drank like 71 <laughs> beers in a day. <laughs> Wasn't that in a movie or something? 
It was on Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Okay, I saw some kind of clip where they talked about <laughs> because it. they tried to break Wade Boggs's record. There we go. Yep, that, there we go. Yeah, where they all tried to drink as many beers as they could. Uh, Charlie ended up beating it at the end, and <laughs> he had to hit. I think he had to hit three out of four pitches or something like that because that's that's the legend is that Wade Boggs drank. Um, he drank 71 beers on a flight from Philadelphia to somewhere in California, and then he batted like uh, 75% or something like that. Jeez. <laughs> which, which likely isn't true. I mean, nobody can drink that much. Leave it up to baseball, though. <laughs> right. Like, what, what other sport could you get away with drinking any kind of amount and still being useful? Bowling, bowling. Maybe you could get away with golf. I mean, depending on kind of what your your task is, maybe. Well, John Daly, he did it pretty well in golf. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, round of applause for baseball on that one. <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, but yeah, we'll move right along with our segments because then that will bring us to. The Rock Moment of the Week. And this one is not baseball related. So uh, we are going to be going with uh, Michigan Athletics, actually. So if anyone has heard from uh, this weekend, Michigan softball has secured the 2019 Big Ten title outright. And it's actually pretty amazing. And Brandon and I were talking about it just a little while ago. And I was like, dude, if you want to use this for a scary side of the week, you totally can because it's it's up there. It's pretty impressive. Um, Michigan took down uh, Maryland, and that's when they clinched the uh, softball title. And under their current coach, Carol Hutchins, uh, they have won 21 of the last 28 conference championships, wow. which includes 11 of the last 12. That's amazing. Yeah. So that is impressive. I, I saw somebody, uh, it was probably uh, Scott Bell. Somebody was saying something like, um, to say uh, Michigan softball winning is impressive is uh an insult to carol hutchins because it's such a goat move and something like that i don't know it, it's just you know you, you you don't hear about that very often where somebody just completely dominates it i mean you've had the uh connecticut women's basketball yeah that was the only thing i could think of that came near it yeah anything recent that's kind of like the only thing that i can think of that's been kind of big like that, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know how they fared on the national um, playing field with, as far as like winning and winning national championships and things like that, but they have completely dominated the big 10. So very impressive for sure. So congratulations to the Michigan softball team on that victory. And it's uh, impressive to say the very least about it. But I think what we're going to do here 
as we move along is probably go ahead and keep it in the realm of Michigan athletics for this first conversation. So we've got a couple things here to talk about. Um, but this first one, we're going to be discussing the Michigan football team traveling to South, wow, South Africa, if I could speak right. Uh, <laughs> they are currently down there. Uh, it is their trip, um, annual trip of sightseeing, uh, world tour education, education outside the classroom, world experience. Uh, amazing experiences that a lot of people don't get the opportunity to uh, to go through. Yeah. And so they're in South Africa. They've done a few things. I've watched some of the clips so far. Um, they've done some stuff where they've seen some traditional, uh, some African traditions. They've seen some things dealing with uh, Nelson Mandela. They've gone to the mountains outside of Cape Town. They went to a island, which I'm totally forgetting the name of. Um, they were supposed to go to another mountain or cliff range or something like that, but then weather came in. And so they kind of adjusted their, um, schedule of things, but either way, they've been really busy. Of course, uh, it looks like they're having a great time. You know, there's great opportunity for team building and, and bonding, so, and a simple, a quick reminder, it is a trip that is completely funded by private donors. So this is not like coming from the university, really. It is a big selling point for uh, Harbaugh and the program. I wouldn't say it's the selling point, but it's a really cool opportunity. Uh, Craig and I, uh, who was on here before, we've talked plenty about these trips and things like that. So I'd actually like to start this conversation with Brandon and just essentially being like, what are your thoughts about the football team taking these trips? Uh, positive, negative, uh, what time in the year that they're taking them, things of that nature. What, what are some thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have much beef with it, I guess. I know there's a lot of people I've seen a lot of people online, like, Oh, you should be focusing on football instead of going on trips. But I mean, it's a like you said before, it's all about bonding and bringing the team together. Um, going through these different experiences and stuff, it it brings the team together because they share an ex an experience that not many people get in the world. You know, mm -hmm. like I mean, who has access to be to be going to these places? You know, like last year what was it they went to the Vatican? Yeah, Italy, the Italy trip. Yeah, so, I mean, not many people get those experiences, and to experience that with your team, you know, and we got a bunch of freshmen and stuff coming in that, you know, no one really knows them. You got guys that are like grad transfers, things like that. Um, it gives time for this experience to bring the team together, to give them that shared experience, you know. Um, and, I mean, originally I was just like, why are they going on a trip and why are, is everybody making a huge deal about it? You know, I kind of get it. Like I said, the bonding thing. I still don't understand why people make such a huge deal about it. I guess. Like, some net positive, like are you saying just in general or like a positive or negative? Uh, no, like a negative. I, there's so many people that are negative about it and I really don't understand why. I mean, you got to remember that, like, they're college kids. Mm-hmm. 
isn't a lot of a lot of college is about the experience and growing as a person and you know finding out things about yourself and taking a big trip like this can help with that i just don't understand why so many people are negative about it they're not just there to play football as long as that gets lost yeah yeah no i definitely agree um I didn't know exactly when when to interject this, but since you kind of brought it up, I think that the people who respond negatively to it can take a moment to remove their heads from their backsides and (laughs) open up their eyes a little bit on exactly what you said. These are college students, and they are not for the amount of revenue that they produce for the university they are not compensated fairly Mm -hmm. i'm not we're not going to get into the whole thing of should they be paid blah 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 but just the fact to you know give them something you know some unique experiences it's just like this is a relatively short trip um i don't know the details on how it exactly affects practice i think it i think they use some of their practice time in there because usually when they go on the trips they do a, pra- a day or two of practices wherever they go. Mm-hmm. I know that they did it in um, Italy. So they're not maybe normal practices or full practices. Um, but I think you're just talking about a couple days. And so I don't understand either why there is so much negativity around it because it's just like uh, the, the, I think the thing you see the most is people are like, oh, well, you can't win the Big Ten. You can't beat Ohio State, but you're busy taking trips. Okay, you're talking about like maybe two days of practice in the month of May. <laughs> you're really going to tell me that how the team performs in November is impacted by a couple practices in May. Right. That's just stupid. Like people who are are complaining about that have lack any understanding about it and as you said i completely agree with you about the whole bonding thing you know you're going you could gain more through the bonding experience than you might from a practice or two in the month of may yeah yeah and it's one of those things like you know let these kids have something that they can remember you know for the rest of their lives outside of football you know, mm-hmm. give them something where they can relax and have a good time with their buddies because, you know, once the season starts, they're going to be like super busy, you know, with classes, with football, with practice, all that, all this kind of stuff. And I mean, they, this gives them a little bit of time to kind of ease into it, you know, uh, do something that can take their mind off them all the stress that they're going to have, you know, later in the season, especially the, these guys that have been around for a couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. And that, well, another thing that I want to say though, with that is, uh, at the small university that we attended, I worked for a while in what we called the office of international programs, which dealt with international students coming to our university. And then the study abroad with students from our university going out of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, I, to my knowledge, I don't think it's very easy for athletes to do study abroad. I mean, you can, but especially at the division one level, I question how feasible that is for them. Um, cause I think their best opportunity to do it is if they did summer classes or something of the sort. 
but they do so much with workouts and, you know, wanting to stay disciplined and everything that really studying abroad is not, is not a big option, I think for the most Mm -hmm. part in their situation. So this gives them that opportunity to get out there and get out in the world and do something new, have fun. Um, because I mean, let's face it, there are going to be a lot of these guys that won't make it to the NFL and won't have amazing experiences on being able to, you know, maybe play an NFL game in England or, you know, during the off season, um, in the NFL, a lot of NFL players travel around the world or something like that. And if they don't make it, there's a very decent chance that they might not get around to doing it any other time. So I, I personally have no problem with it. People who think that it's, shouldn't be i saw somebody say something about why are players being rewarded for losing to ohio state and florida i saw i saw somebody say that like why are they taking this trip as a reward for losing to ohio state and florida and i was just like are you serious this was discussed like a year ago that this was probably going to be their next location regardless of how the season turned out. Mm-hmm. So first of all, that debunks that stupid remark. But then it's just like, it doesn't, it's not the reward for beating, like there, it was never set to be the reward. I, I don't, that, that one blew my mind where it's just like, okay, you can talk about, you know, missing, missing practice or something and getting prepared for Ohio State. But if you're talking about, how they shouldn't be rewarded with anything because they lost to Ohio State and the Florida game. That's just, like, what does that person do to with their own kids or, like, people they know or if they're a supervisor? What what do you do? That just, <laughs> this, this is school. This is school. Like, this is the part where it's student athlete, and this is the school part, so this is the student part. You know, going and having these classes does not, have anything really truly tied to the athlete part other than the fact that it's the sports team doing it together. They're not doing it for quote unquote football purposes. Yes. Is it as a perk for the football team? Yes. But it's not like, Hey, we're going to better, you know, this is going to do so much for the football team outside of potential bonding. It's more from the student experience and giving them a unique experience. So Mm -hmm. how are you tying this to something that it's not related to? I don't know. It just, some people need need to be slapped with truth right in the face. <laughs> I agree. So, um, but yeah, they'll they'll be doing some different stuff down there. I've not heard the whole itinerary. I'll be kind of interested. Of course, there's going to be great uh, pictures and uh, videos that will be going out. They've already shared a little bit, but um, we know that they've got some great people down there documenting everything. So it'll be interesting. Um, when they did the, oh crap, what was it? What was that? Uh, Amazon series all or nothing. Yeah. They, they went a little bit behind the scenes with that trip too, I think, or shared a little bit more footage than the most times. And that was kind of interesting, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm fine with it. If people have issues with it, then you know, go and be a donor at another school and then determine on what they're allowed to do or not to do. But until you're donating at that level, I think that you don't really matter. Yeah. In in that decision process. (laughs) 
Yeah, then it gets to the point where it's just like, you know, keep your thoughts to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> thank, thank you, Twitter, for allowing all these people to share their insight. <laughs> Gives everybody their soapbox. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, anything else about the uh, Africa trip or any other thoughts before I uh, move along? Uh, no, not really. Uh, like I said, I don't really have um, strong thoughts on it at all. I mean, it's just college kids going on a trip. Yeah, a short trip at that, too. So, Right. All right, we'll move right along uh, into our next subject then. All right, well, uh, during the offseason, we shake things up a little bit. We talk about sports, we talk about non-sports, we talk about Michigan, we talk about the Lions, we talk about not Michigan and the Lions. Uh, so we're going to be bringing up some stuff this week about movies. We both have a lot of interest and uh, appreciation for movies, TV shows, uh, things like that. And Brandon and I talk all the time, talk about random weird stuff um, or things that pique our interest. So we're going to be bringing a uh, would, would we say that this is movie slash TV show? Does this encompass both? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Okay. Do you, do you want to pose the question or do you want me to toss it out there? Yeah. Um, I guess I could do it. Uh, what, what we talked about was, um, you know, favorite moments in movies and TV shows. And we also kind of branched that out to, you know, favorite endings. Cause we found out, you know, through our conversation that a lot of our favorite moments are actually endings. Yeah. And particularly, and it doesn't have to be um restricted to this but the ones that we kind of focused on were kind of the twist ones um not so much kind of the epic but some of those twist ones do you want to leave it open-ended where it's just like hey what are some of your favorite moments or are we gonna focus on the endings i don't know we kind of we kind of threw this one together because it was just a random conversation that we had i say we leave it at moments okay all right so that moments and you know kind of like the conversation we had the other night that you know, a lot of the moments that we mentioned are like, oh, we're seeing a trend here. That a lot of them are endings. Yeah. So yeah, it's, just leave it at moments. Yeah. So that could be really interesting because maybe somebody will throw something interesting, uh, something out of left field in there. So yeah, favorite moments from TV show or movie, just anything. Go ahead and put it out there. And we'll uh, share some of the feedback that you guys give us next week. But we'll share some of the things. Um, I don't know if we're really going to go as far as spoiling anything but more so sharing some movies or tv shows that might interest people in checking out if you haven't checked out so uh some of them that i recall bringing up and i'm trying to not spoil anything but if anybody knows it's an older movie but the usual suspects um is one that always uh I enjoy it. And it was actually, I kind of have a little bit of an interesting story with that one because I caught that movie on TV and I caught it late in the movie and I didn't realize it. Um, cause mm-hmm. I think this was before they had the whole, uh, TV guide where you could click on it and it would show you like where, where you are in the movie. Um, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. so I just watched it and watched the end of it and I was like, Oh my gosh, this was fantastic. And I didn't, find out what the movie or i didn't remember what the movie was called so i had to kind of figure it out on my own later on and watch the whole thing 
but the usual suspects is uh is a great one if you if you haven't seen it it's like i said it's older it's um action kind of suspense but uh you you have uh i feel like we can kind of go back and forth what what's a recommendation that you have uh brandon um one of uh, one of mine is is kind of obscure uh and i mean everybody that knows me knows that i really like you know older horror movies and i really like the cheesy ones too but uh one of them that really stands out to me is the movie sleepaway camp Mm-hmm. And I mean, I can't really say too much about it without ruining the ending. But I mean, if you're into those, you know, kind of corny 80s movies where um, teenagers get killed off at a camp, you know, similar to Friday the 13th, um, Sleepaway Camp's a good one. Uh, I mean, the acting's not great. The special effects really aren't all that great. But what really saves it is the ending. You know, that's all I'll really say. Um, right now it's on Amazon Prime. So you can watch it if you have an Amazon Prime subscription. Okay, nice. Um, one I want to share, and we both were in uh, agreement on this one because we it was one of the ones that we both actually saw. But well, there you go, right there, the movie Saw, uh, mm-hmm. the first one that was. Uh, I, I don't want to say groundbreaking, but I feel like when that came out, when it happened, it just. Uh, everybody knew about it and everybody uh, had to go out and see that movie. And looking back at it, it was back in 2004. So that was, uh, that was a really good one. That's, that's a horror movie. What what would you classify that one as since you know, the classifications? I mean, like what kind of subgenre it is. Yeah. Uh, they call it torture porn. Okay. All right. Th- I I'm not it sure was why, be- but that's, that's kind of the subgenre has fallen into. Uh, so, you know, movies like that, uh, Hostel. Um, the Collector is another movie. It's kind of like that. So it, basically, anything with like super graphic violence and uh, torturous elements. Yeah. So the, uh, if you're, if I would have to imagine if anybody's into horror movies that they've probably seen that movie. Um, but to share an interesting factoid about that one, uh, when I I went to several different colleges um actually i did four different colleges in two years so i feel like that's some kind of record but um (laughs) when i went to college in florida i was at an art college and i met some really awesome fascinating people and actually it's a popular art college where people in the different industries actually send uh their kids there quite frequently okay so one of the girls that I met, I think I've told you this, Brandon, um, but it's probably been a while. But one of the girls that I met there, her dad was the guy who created the mask in Saw, the one that is supposed to pop open and break the jaw off the person. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he created yeah, like the first trap that they show. Yeah. Yeah. The girl who survived and was like yeah. just sharing her story. Yeah. He created that thing. Oh, man. So, yeah, I thought I thought that was so cool. And I was just like, please, on our next like school break, take me home with you and let me like I just want to hear your dad talk because that would be amazing. (laughs) Um, But she's a photographer, artist doing the cool things out in California. I'm here freezing my butt off in Michigan. But (laughs) 
So, uh, uh, so now, now to you. I'm back to you. Um, I can give you a, an ending or a moment that was a little more negative and disappointing. And we've talked about this before. It's M Night Shyamalan's The Village. <laughs> I was okay, we all know Shyamalan that. loves his twist. You know, sometimes they're great, like The Sixth Sense. Other times they're terrible, like The Village. Um, oh man, and The Happening too. That's another one that has a bad twist. But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess um, The Village. You know, not trying to ruin it or anything. But it was you know, I was really into the movie for like the first hour and hour and so, and then it, like once you realize what was going on, <laughs> and I remember just looking at my friend Andy who I went to the movie with, like seriously, this is what they're gonna do, and then we we just you know the the credits played, we're sitting there, and I remember Andy just saying, "Well, that sucked," <laughs> <laughs> and like all the people that were sitting around us just laughed, but. Yeah, I mean, if you've ever seen The Village, you know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. If you haven't seen The Village, you know, I wouldn't really suggest it. Yeah, no, I I wouldn't bother with it. You see, now this is interesting because we've, we've had plenty of movie conversations in the past, like, month or so. And I'm sitting here and I'm kind of like, you know, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad. I, I'm the type of, uh, and I've, I can't remember if I've explained it on here or not, but I'm the type of person where it's like, I enjoy new stories being told. And even if they're poorly executed, I can still appreciate some of the uniqueness. Sometimes it's originality, but a lot of times it's just more of the unique way that they're doing it um, or executing it. So mm-hmm. the village definitely did that. They had some uh, unique thing kind of going there. And so at the end of it, I was definitely not thrilled, but I was still walked away from it being of the mindset, uh, you know, I mean, it had some unique stuff to it. Wasn't all that bad. I never saw it again, but the running joke is usually whenever Brandon says something is terrible, I'm like, eh, you, you know, it's, not so bad. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I'm not typically someone who just like, will flat out hate a movie and just call it terrible. Cause I like some pretty bad movies. <laughs> But I, I don't know if I would say the village was so was terrible, but it was just disappointing to me. Oh yeah, yeah. And that, I thought it just really crapped the bed the last half hour. Well, then that's the kind of an interesting conversation to have in itself. And I don't know if we would spend too much time on it. But the concept of is it better for a movie to be just bad, or is it worse for a movie to just have a terrible ending? Right. You know, like a movie that kind of gives you that hope on like, hey, this is interesting. And then you get to the end of it and it's just like, oh, my gosh, this completely sucked. Like, I'll use this for an example, not in movies, but in TV. Lost. Mm-hmm. That was a really good, solid TV show and ended terribly. I'm not going to we we don't need to go into it. I mean, if you watch, that's kind of like the interesting thing where. It's a little split. I would not say 50-50, but most people did not like how that ended. But it's just, there's a lot of good content in that TV show, but then the end is just like, what the? Yeah. Uh, another one that's similar similar to that, I guess, is How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And another one I'll throw out there, too, actually, sticking with Neil Patrick Harris. I just know this because my... um it was one of the few shows that my 
wife and I were watching together, but a series of unfortunate events. That one, I'll, I'll just mention this, is it, it's poorly done when a TV show for every single episode and every single season has a theme. And then for the last season, uh, not the whole season, but a decent part of the last season, they completely flip it. And it's just like you, that, you know, you can't do that unless it's meant to be ironic or funny or something of the sort. You completely essentially in my mind, screw it up. So that that was a weird one, but so when you said Duke, when you said um, what Neil Patrick Harris, mm-hmm. um, take a guess at what the first show was that popped in my head. Uh, Harold and Kumar. No, um, TV show. Oh, it was his... it was Doogie Howser, MD. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I couldn't think of that. I couldn't think of that. And yeah. so I was like, oh, you watched that? Like it would have surprised me. No, but uh, going back to kind of the amazing moments and different things like that, um, I don't know. I feel kind of odd because a lot of the stuff that comes to mind that I think about at least were older movies. I don't know. I feel like I'm not watching as many movies uh, as I used to. Um, We had this conversation with some other people, and of course, somebody brought up Star Wars with Luke and Darth Vader as one of those iconic moments. I mean, I, that's one of the biggest iconic moments, uh, just with so many people being familiar with it. Uh, I feel kind of like a lot of these hinge on the darker side. Uh, cause another one that I feel like mentioning is the movie seven. So yeah. if, if you're familiar with that, um, with Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman, older detective police movie, and the end gets really intense with that one. So, do you have any uh, immediate, um, any other immediate ones that you have to share? Or? Um, yeah, there's um, uh, there's some wacky ones I've got. Uh, yeah, I'll drop the last two I got here. So. One of the wacky ones is this slasher movie called Pieces. And it's an American movie, but it was shot in Spain. And basically, there's like a killer going around on his college campus who's hacking women up with a chainsaw. And (laughs) so they'll find like a body, but, you know, the body will be missing a leg. And then like the next one will be missing an arm and then a head. And basically what this killer is doing is like, compiling a jigsaw puzzle of pieces yeah. to make their like ideal woman or something like that. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll give away the ending because how many people are going to watch pieces? Yeah. <laughs> so at the end, like they find out it's the Dean from the college that has been doing this. And he was like traumatized as a child. Yeah. Um, so it made him, it made him nuts. And he's, uh, <laughs> so they go and they confront him. And uh, he gets, I, th- I think he gets arrested. And then, like, the corpse falls, the corpse puzzle that he's making falls out of this closet and um, goes right past this guy. And they're like, oh my God. And everybody's like screaming, like, oh, we found it. And then 
<laughs> it comes to life, reaches up and grabs the guy's crotch and like rips his crotch off. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I saw it, I'm like, what in the heck am I watching? <laughs> I watched it with my old roommate, Ryan, and we just started bursting out laughing. Like, what is this? Like, cause that's like the way off from anything that happened in the rest of the movie. The rest of the movie is like super serious. And then like this crazy bonkers <laughs> ending. And uh, actually, it's uh, Eli Roth, one of his favorite movies, the guy that made Hostel and um, Cabin Fever. Oh, yeah, Cabin Fever, I remember. Yeah, that. he loves that movie. It's like one of his favorite movies. Weird. And, that, and then my last one I had was American Psycho. Yeah. All, there's so many moments in that movie that are just memorable. Um, the hip to be square scene. Mm-hmm. you know what i'm talking about yeah um and then the ending the ending is so ambiguous and it's so open-ended yeah that, that i mean it leaves you thinking that was uh a weird one to watch because mm-hmm. so much happening so much going on um something that just came to mind with what you were talking about made me think of uh quentin tarantino movies okay like just, you know, some of those iconic moments, you know, um, Samuel L. Jackson and the cheeseburger or quarter pounder with cheese. The Royale with cheese. Yeah. And uh, but one of the movies that doesn't get as much attention that I really loved. I don't know if you've seen it. Have you seen Reservoir Dogs? Uh, yeah, I've seen it before that. I really loved that one. Uh, it's a little bit different than his other movies, but in super, like when you look at it, it's, it's a relatively simple movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but the scene where, um, shoot, I don't, I don't know names and now I'm blanking on the song. Um, Stuck in the middle with you. Yes. Thank you. It's I, Michael Madsen. Okay. I, f- I figured that you would remember because it's basically the yeah. song from that movie. Um, mm-hmm. That was a very um, impromptu scene. Like, I think they did three filmings of it, and they didn't really tell the guy what to do. They just said, like, they kept it very basic, and he just went with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it's just iconic moment and things like that. So that sticks out to me. Uh, Two more that I'll share here before we probably move on then to some of the closing things is I'm one for just kind of like what you were saying, uh, kind of the open-ended, but really that uh, uh, re- pull, reveal the curtain or open the curtain at the end kind of a thing. And uh, it makes me think of, you know, magicians. And so the two movies specifically that I think of are Prestige and The Illusionist. Have you seen both of those? I have actually see- never seen either one of those. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, they're both pretty good. They're not anything that I would say, oh my gosh, you need to go watch these movies. But they were both pretty good on where you were not sure what was going on. One of them was cool because it was more believable than the other one. Because I think they, I think I actually watched the extras on it and they showed all the magic tricks on how they completed them. Mm -hmm. Like how somebody would actually complete them. I think it was like in the late 1800s or early 1900s or something like that. So it was really interesting to kind of see that. But both of those ended um, 
it had unique endings. Hmm. So those were pretty good. I mean, this this list can go on and on. Uh, as you guys can tell, there's a lot of the endings that have the huge impact. So actually another one, too, that um, I'll mention here quickly before ending is uh, you saw The Departed, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. So lo- lots of great stuff out there. We'd be really interested to hear um, people's thoughts because... It's there. I mean, there are so many things out there. We know that we're missing some. I mean, we could make a huge list. I, I was almost thinking, oh, we could make a list from this and like post it and have people share thoughts and everything. But man, we could compile such a huge list. Yeah. And there's so many movies with the ambiguous endings like uh, Shutter Island, Inception. In- yeah. I was just going to say Inception. So that Inception is one of my favorite ones. There's another movie that uh, that I read about online, and I actually uh, I, I bought it and watched it. Uh, it's called Triangle. That's another one. It's got a very ambiguous ending to it. Basically, these people go on a boat trip and they get stuck in a Bermuda Triangle, and time like starts repeating itself. Huh. Kind of like Groundhog Day. <laughs> but not funny. Not in a funny <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, kind of like Groundhog Day or like Happy Death Day is another one. that's like that. Um. This is not really to go with the iconic um, or movie moment kind of a thing, but are you familiar at all with the cult classic uh, Cube? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's another really weird one where it's just like the ending and I don't even know. Just really weird. Did yeah, you say it's a very yes? interesting movie. Okay, yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, well, they had like three or four movies, and I watched, I think, all of them. Mm-hmm. And really, there was no answer. Some of them were related to others, and some of them kind of weren't. I don't know. That, that Yeah, that was odd. So, But yeah, that's our question of the week. Uh, share with us some of your favorite movie, TV show moments. Um, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of different stuff. I was talking to uh, my wife, Kristen about it. And she was saying, um, I mean, she's a huge friends fan. So it was just kind of like, you know, when Chandler hooked up with Monica and things like that. So mm-hmm. share with us, whatever you got. Uh, we'd love to hear them and uh, we would share and discuss them next week on the episode then. So. Alrighty then. Well, that will bring us into. Garbage day talking about iconic moment right there. Uh, We're actually going to stick with movies as we get to come to our garbage play of the week. I'm not as bothered as some people are by this. I'm not as offended, I guess. Not as triggered. (laughs) Yeah, triggered. Um, For those of you who are aware and those of you who had a childhood that was had any relation to this character um they are making that live action sonic the hedgehog movie and when they released the trailer there was a huge reaction by fans and they did not like how sonic looked and to be fair he does look I mean, for those of you who aren't familiar with Sonic the Hedgehog, you might see him be like, I don't really see much of a difference. But there's quite a bit of difference, and it's a little awkward. 
in, in my opinion. But it's one of those things where I would have said, um, it doesn't make me hate it. I don't think I was going to see the movie in the first place anyways, especially after seeing the trailer. Because it's such a weird thing because I don't know if they're targeting a younger audience or an older audience because I don't feel like the younger audience even knows who Sonic is. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while since there's been a good Sonic game. Yeah, so I don't know. I've I've heard that there's other things behind all of this and it's all going to... It's related to some other movies, actually, that are going to be coming out. But anyways, hmm. n- neither here or there. But they, uh, the outri- uh, outrage or outcry from fans was so big and so negative that the uh, director, Jeff Fowler, actually announced that they will be changing Sonic in the movie, that they will redesign Sonic. And I can't remember, shoot, I forgot to look this up, when the release date is supposed to be. Mm, I don't remember either. It's, I feel like it's this year still, but, um, yeah. I feel like it was like October or November. Yeah, and, well, okay, that's going to bug me, so I'm going to look that up. But yeah, it seems like that's going to be a lot of work to go through and because you know, they got the trailer out already, so you gotta imagine they had the movie like closing mm-hmm. down, you know, on completion. So yeah, they have uh, Jim Carrey in the movie. The voice is um, what's his name from Parks and Rec? John Ralphio. Yeah, thank you. Uh, James uh, Marsden is in there, and yeah, it says it's co- it's scheduled for November 2019. So yeah, I don't November know if- 8th. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to maybe adjust that, but a lot of people are like, oh, cool, great, they're doing this. But then they don't think about what this is going to do to all the people who are animating the movie. So uh, good luck to them. (laughs) And rip the next, uh, gosh, how many months until that comes out? (laughs) So rest in peace. Your uh, free time is no longer going to exist. So, and that's actually kind of funny that this this uh, situation comes up because when I was in college in Florida, I was going there for computer animation, which would directly tie to things like this: video games, movies, other things, etc. I specifically, uh, okay, I wouldn't say specifically, but I kind of got turned away from computer animation partially because everybody I was talking to was just like, "Yeah, you're going to be working like eighty hours a week, like all the time." I was like, okay, I like this. I like it a lot, but I don't love it to be able to do that. Like, I'm a, I'm a family guy. Oh, he said it. Um, yeah, I, I'm a family guy, so I knew that eventually I was going to want a family, and I was just like, that's not going to be kind of conducive for that. I understand working overtime. I understand that things happen, but when it was a regular thing, and I know, sure, you can find some things out there. It just it kind of turned me off from it. There were other factors that went into it too, but this is kind of a prime example of when, Hey, guess what? Say goodbye to the rest of your life for the next, however many months. So I don't know for me to, ah, that's a side conversation. We're not going to go there. We're not. (laughs) Um, but yeah, that's your garbage play of the week or garbage moment of the week. I know that's not really sports related, but that will then, Bring us into the two-minute drill where we throw as much stuff from the past week at you guys. So here we go. All right. So 
Michigan football fans out there, Brandon Peters, uh, Michigan quarterback, is now in the transfer portal. And so there is another one moving along, and we wish him the best of luck. Brandon. Uh, Kentucky Derby winner uh, Maximum Security was disqualified after the race. Um, And this is the first time it's happened in 145 years. Caleb. Okay, so moving to the NBA, the Raptors beat the 76ers and the Nuggets beat the Trail Blazers. So both those semifinals are tied 2-2-2. Brandon. Uh, Sticking with the Nuggets and the Blazers, um, their game, their last game was the first quadruple overtime playoff game since 1953. Caleb. All right. Well, I got one last thing here for the NBA as we focus on what's going to be going on tomorrow night, Monday night. Uh, you have the games coming up with the Bucks and the Celtics in the East and the Warriors and the Rockets in the West with uh, the Bucks leading the series 2-1 to and Golden State leading the series 2-1. to So if you're looking for sports to watch tomorrow night, there you go. Brandon. Uh, last thing I've got here is the Saginaw Spirit lost the Guelph Storm in the semifinals. Uh, so they are now out of the playoffs. They had a great season. Caleb. All right, uh, switching over to movies, uh, our all-time favorite movie, The Avengers Endgame, has now moved up to the number two in the mo- highest-grossing movies of all time. It just passed Titanic, uh, now in third place, and the only one standing in its way is Avatar, which their number was $2,788 million. As Avengers Endgame is sitting at two billion one hundred eighty-eight million. Done. So, all right. fit all that in there. And uh, quick side note about the uh, movie um, highest-grossing movies. There was a little side note in there that it has not been adjusted for inflation. So, uh, you know, Avatar coming out whenever it did. So. I don't know exactly how long. Uh, so that's the highest grossing like over its entire time in theaters or I don't know. Anyways, mm-hmm. read read more up on it if you want to. But it's now in the uh, <coughs> second place. And interesting comment before moving on is that the fifth movie in that list is Avengers Infinity War. So Marvel is huh. hanging out there in the top five quite a bit. Yeah, and when you said um, our favorite movie, I was thinking your favorite movie, What Dreams May Come. (laughs) You always find a way to interject that there somewhere. (laughs) I always have to throw that in there. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, that uh, brings us to the end of the episode. And we'll remind you guys about the question of the week, which is what are your favorite uh, moments from movies or TV shows? Uh, throw anything at us. Does not have to be the ending of a movie or show specifically. Uh, I guess we'll probably try to avoid spoilers for the most part because I guess this would be kind of movie recommendations. If you guys are interested in watching something new that you've never seen before, mm-hmm. uh, we'll throw them out there for you guys. We'll be discussing things next week as well with that. And anything else? Or are we good? No, I think we're good to go, dude. All right, great. Well, we hope you all have a fantastic week. Uh, Wherever you are, hopefully the weather is nice. I know here in Michigan, things are finally turning for the better. And we'll finish off with Go Blue.
Go Blue.